Welcome back, everybody. I am so excited to be here. Uh, I want to say that I appreciate your patience in these episodes being delayed. Um, We went through a period of transition. (laughs) Um, We, my family and I got COVID. We are all fine. Um, And in addition to that, my partner had some reconstructive surgery and some complications with that. So we've just been through the ringer in the last month or so. But I'm excited to be back and recording episodes. And a lot of what we've been going through has prompted today's topic of discussion, which is staying grounded during times of transition. So let's dive right in. Hey, everyone. Welcome to Owning Your Authenticity with me, Diana Terry. This podcast is all about breaking down the stereotypes we were raised with to create our real authentic life. We talk about every kind of relationship, life and business, creating worthy routines, setting boundaries, and leaning into that little voice that says, you are meant for more. If you've checked off all the boxes of what you were supposed to do, and you still feel like it's not right or not enough, then this podcast is for you. I know that your time is super valuable, so thank you for joining me, and let's get started. Okay, so we are talking about staying grounded during times of transition. Now, everybody goes through transitions naturally as we grow up, whether it's, you know, there's as small as being a newborn and then a toddler and then, uh, you know, a, a kid and puberty. So there's all those stages in life that we go through just as we naturally grow. Um, and on top of just the growth, the physical aspect of growing, there are things like graduating from high school where you go from being a student to maybe working somewhere or going from high school to college, which can be a big transition, going transitioning into the workplace, um, relationship transitions where, you know, oftentimes people struggle as children go into adulthood and the parents have a hard time with the transition of no longer, you know, having maybe as much of a say or as much of an impact and, and having to step back and realize that their children are adults. I have not had to experience that as a parent yet. So, <laughs> um, but other times of transition being, you know, maybe you get married or are committed to someone. Maybe you become a parent transitioning jobs. Sometimes, oftentimes people, most of the people we've interviewed, uh, completely change careers once, twice, three times. So those are all kind of big transitions that we go through. The ones that kind of like stick out in the, you know, highlight reel of our life. And then the other transitions are like the small transitions that we go through. Um, You know, maybe you are transitioning into a different mindset around eating healthy. So you're transitioning from eating out to cooking at home or um, you're transitioning in and out of, uh, you know, certain environments with friends. Say, maybe I don't connect with these people from my childhood as much as I connect with these other people who have similar goals or jobs or whatever it may be. So there's big transitions, there's small transitions, but no matter what, a a transition is the process of changing from, you know, one state to another. Um, And that can be something like moving. My best friend of 30 years moved across the country this week. She left on Monday. I cried a lot. 
<laughs> but that's a transition, a big transition for her. She moved her family of five across the country. Um, so these are the kinds of things we're going to talk about. And it can be so easy for times of transition to become completely overwhelming and for them to dismantle, you know, our routines or the things that work well or just feel like they dismantle, you know, us. Sometimes we start to question, are we doing something right? Are we doing something wrong? You know, maybe we lose sight of of why we're making this transition. Uh, so those are the things we're going to talk about today. And I'm going to give you three actionable steps for staying grounded during these times of transition. So uh, step one, I, I couldn't think of a better name for this exercise, but I did it a couple months ago in my journal. So uh, it's kind of a how far I've come exercise. Maybe you guys can help me think of a better name. Send me a message on Instagram. But I sat there and I wrote a list. So um, whether it's, you know, five years ago, 10 years ago, depending on where you're at in life, and I wrote a list of all the things I wanted. So for me, it was kind of like, a, you know, when I was reevaluating where I'm at, you know, we're in the, we were in the middle of a pandemic. <laughs> we're still in it, but um, evaluating the things I wanted in life or where I was a couple years ago. You know, I wrote down, OK, well, I really started my personal growth journey about two, two to three years ago. I really got deep into it. I've always... I've always read self-help and stuff like that, but um, I really got deep and committed to my personal growth journey a couple years ago. So I wrote down the list then, and at the time, let me tell you right now, at the time I was a single mother. I was working three jobs. I lived in a 500 square foot apartment with my two children, um, and I had little time, if any, to relax any downtime I was overwhelmed mentally financially emotionally it just life was chaotic and hectic so I wrote down the list then of all the things or maybe you have a list maybe you journal and you can look back to that time of hey what what did I have um, and then I I sat there and I went through the list and I checked off all the things that I have grown from so it went from living in a 500 square foot apartment to now living in a three bedroom apartment where my kids have their own rooms. It went from having three jobs to having being fully self-employed, which has always been a dream of mine. It went from um, being very physically unhealthy. Uh, I've dealt with fibromyalgia for many years and a lot of my practice and my personal growth has been a complete game changer in my physical symptoms. So take take a few minutes to do this exercise and write down the things that you wanted and then sit there and, and cross off all the ones that you've accomplished. Or maybe you see like a solution to a goal that you had, but it's different than you thought it was because the universe decided that there was a better way for that to happen. Write those things down and you can just sit there and and take stock and sit there and say, okay, well, this is where I'm at. So for me, a time of transition, you know, I'm in that in-between phase trying to scale my business. And that's a big scary thing because you're at that teetering. Do I hire people? How do I, you know, how do I want to scale in a way that works for my family and my schedule and my time? And these things can help me stay grounded in why I'm doing this, why I'm in this transition. I'm in this transition because it's where I wanted to be. I wanted to be fully self-employed 
Well, now I am. And in, in the process of that transition, I'm now, you know, at that next step. So helping me realize how far I've come really helps me to stay grounded and reminds me of like my why of doing this. So step two is called a five minute focus. And these are things you can do in five minutes anywhere that will kind of rejuvenate your energy and remind you where you're going. So you can do a five minute meditation and I will link to one in the show notes that I love by Gabby Bernstein. Um, A journal exercise that I like to do is uh, celebrating your wins. So go through and just write down things that you've accomplished uh, or, or things that you think are great or even it could be little things like I've always wanted to own a Louis Vuitton bag and you finally saved up and bought one. Little things that that can boost your energy and your joy. Um, writing down things that you're grateful for. This is a daily practice um, that I do, but it's also great in those times of stress or if you're starting to feel like you're losing your footing Take five minutes and you can write it pen and paper, write it down on your iPhone notes or your your phone notes or whatever you need to do. Remind yourself of the things that you're grateful for. And they don't have to be big, audacious things. They they can be little things like a cup of coffee. They can be little things like, you know, I, I put $10 in my savings this month. Little things like that. And the last five-minute focus one that I love is uh, like a mantra breathing So you take five minutes and you have, whether you've developed your personal mantra or not, you can find mantras online that are something that you can repeat or you can learn to develop one, which maybe I'll do an episode on that later of how to develop your personal mantra because it's a quite an impactful practice if you do that. And I can, I, when I need to feel grounded, I take five minutes and I have my mantra and I sit there and I breathe. And what I like to do when I'm starting to feel out of control or overwhelmed or anxiety starts to kick in. I like to do what's called a box breath. And I do this with my kids. Uh, My partner and I do this if if she gets stressed out. Um, And what it is, is you breathe in for five seconds, you hold for five seconds, you breathe out for five seconds, and you hold for five seconds. And you repeat. So it's, you know, five, 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 five. It's a box. And doing this while I run through my mantra in my mind can be very grounding. It just gives your body those few moments to pause from all the things that are feeling really big around you and to help you kind of reset. It helps reset your nervous system. It brings oxygen into your body. It helps you in so many physical and mental ways. So five-minute focus tools are a five-minute meditation linked below in the show notes. Uh, journal exercises celebrating your wins, writing the things you're grateful for, and uh, five minutes of mantra slash breathing time can really be grounding for you. And the last little tip I have, I can't remember where I read this. I believe it was Jay Shetty that talked about how in order for your morning routine to go well, you have your morning routine starts the night before. So Planning your day for success the next day starts in the evening of the night before. And I loved this because it's really so true. I, If anybody out there is like me, and I know numerous people, <laughs> numerous listeners that I know personally are, they go through that challenge of I'm trying to sleep and my brain doesn't shut off. My brain lists the 27 things I have to do. So imagine if you were to take I don't know, 15, 30 minutes 
at night to set yourself up for the next day. And the ways that I do this in my life, they seem so small, but you would be shocked at the impact they can have in the morning when you're waking up and you're trying to get your day going. It's as simple as I prep my coffee the night before and I have it on an auto brew. Uh, I pick out my clothes for the next day, which for any parents, I don't I don't know if every parent does this. I do this with my kids. They pick out their clothes the night before. And then for some reason, I didn't do that for myself, but I did it for them as if they were so much farther behind. And it's just so funny, the things that are actually quite impactful as adults. So I lay out my clothes for the next day, the night before, because that saves me having to hunt through the closet or decision making that I don't want to do when I'm starting my day. Packing my work bag or having lunch and snacks packed if I'm leaving the house to work today. That's a huge one. I know for me, oftentimes the reason that I, the number one reason that I eat unhealthy things is poor planning, 100% of the time. It's because even today I was out, I had therapy, and then I had to drive an hour to an appointment, and I knew I needed to eat before that appointment, and I did not plan ahead. I did not pack snacks, and therefore I got food that was not good for me. And had I planned a little bit beforehand, that wouldn't be the case. Um... Another thing that I do, which seems, it seems so silly, but it's surprisingly powerful, is I leave myself a positive note on my bedside when I go to sleep. So I'm, if anyone out there knows me personally, I'm a huge fan of post-its. I have like 10 different colors of post-its. I love me some post-its. And whether it's like a note to myself or it's a quote that I love that I find powerful or motivating... I will write it on the post-it and leave it attached to my water bottle that sits next to my bed or attached to my lampshade that sits next to my bed so that when I wake up, it's the first thing I see. Um, And breathing, breathing before bed. Uh, I don't know if any of you have ever done what's called a body scan. For anybody that's had insomnia, you've probably tried this. It is a, I guess, a form of meditation in which you progressively close your eyes You take slow, deep breaths, and in doing so, you kind of visually relax each part of your body one by one. So you relax your toes, and then your feet, and then your ankles, and your calves, and your knees, and you go one by one, and it, you know, it takes me about 10 minutes when I do it if I'm breathing really intentionally, and it can really, really help with the sleep, with help... (laughs) help with the sleep. It can really help you fall asleep or have more lasting sleep. As someone who has dealt with insomnia for 20 years, I I can tell you that it actually does work. Um, I use it if you, the more consistently you use it, the more impactful it can be. But taking the time and these things, like doing these things takes me 15 minutes, 20 minutes on my nighttime which I would normally either be sitting there, sometimes I don't shut my phone off in time and I'm scrolling Instagram, when I could be taking these little steps that would start my day off right and give me a stronger footing in the morning so that going through that day during these times of transition, my feet stay on the ground because I started so strong in the morning. So for anybody going through a transition right now, I hope that this episode landed with you in some way and that you can take one of one of the tips that we had whether it's um, you know step one is the how far I've come exercise 
whether you take a five-minute focus throughout the day or multiple times throughout the day to do a meditation, a journal, gratitude practice, or your, your breathing mantra, or taking the time every night to set yourself up for success in the morning and doing these little things that can really start your day off right. And those things, they become, they have the snowball effect. When we set ourselves up for a positive morning, that morning sets us up for a more productive day. That productive day can lead into us feeling more calm and relaxed at night because we got so much done, at which case we have a little more time to set ourselves up for the next day. So it is this snowball effect. It is this circular motion of impact that we can lit- we literally control for ourselves. So just a reminder, times of transition, though they may be difficult and oftentimes seemingly unbearable. Doing these small things throughout the day can really help you find your footing, stay grounded, and remind you of why you're going through this transition and and give you that support that you need in that time. So I'm hoping that these little tips have helped you. I'm wishing you all positivity and growth during your times of transition And I'm excited to be putting out episodes again. I appreciate you guys and I love you guys. And feel free to connect with me on Instagram. I'm I'm active over there at Owning Your Authenticity. And I just love and support you guys. Have a great week.